You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to the Not So New Red Podcast. If you missed us, well, here we are. Back again for episode 19. And as usual, I am joined by London's dad. He about to start clearing his throat like a goddamn Carter can't start. Uh, I fucked up for like a couple weeks now, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> Whole house been sick, but we back. I tried to sneak that in there. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Oh, what's up, y'all? My yeah, bad. You know what I mean? Go. I'm told y'all I'm, I'm a little messed up in the head right now. But um go we got ahead. another great show for you. We also have a wonderful one of my favorite people on the show today. Look at this shit. Well, I don't really like you that much. So oh, okay. Well, Ooh, not so divorced but, but no, y'all, we finally got, you know, the big boss in charge here on the show. Because for a while, he like, I ain't talking about shit relationship. So don't even <laughs> ask me to be on your show. <laughs> he like, I ain't in love. I ain't looking for love. Fuck love. <laughs> Stay out my house. But, uh, <laughs> but everybody, Curtis is here. What's up, y'all? feel like I, I've made my rounds. I've been on all of the Flawless Noises podcast now, so doing what I need to be doing. How did I have a question though? How did I become the big boss? Like I thought we was in this together. Oh no, we we are, but Curtis, you like the you like the boss, and I'm like the boss light. Like motherfuckers, <laughs> motherfuckers really, really know <laughs> not to play with you. <laughs> yeah, you like the name brand, and I'm like the Walmart version. <laughs> What's Walmart version and stuff? Not great value, boss. I'm great value, boss. Great value, boss. The great value, boss. Damn, give yourself a little bit more. <laughs> well, well, it's because you know I handle the merch and I um. You know, we bounce ideas off of each other, but when it comes to flawless execution of things, um, you kind of are the boss because you've been doing it with Gateside for so long that you know what needs to happen, you know how it needs to happen. So I'm taking notes, like I'm learning as you know, as we go along, because I've you know do not so newlywed, but uh that also really started to be fully in my control once we uh, started the network, you know, all the yeah. old podcasts like Ratchet Ramblers and Not So Newly Way, how the editing was done and it being posted and all of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff I didn't have anything to do with. Um, but now I'm getting to see the behind the scenes and how much work goes into not just one podcast, but a network of podcasts. And so you do a lot of that heavy lifting. So yeah, I do consider you like the big boss, but I'm here and when motherfuckers play in our face, then you know, <laughs> then the great value boss show up like, no, nah, that's not what we finna do here today. No, no, we is not, not at all. So. <laughs> when it's time for that, great value turn into best value. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a really good episode, and I want our listeners to know before we get into it that we 
here at Not So Newlyweds, we do love y'all dearly, um, and we are thankful for y'all listening. Um, but this girl, we're going to drag you because we, <laughs> we're about to talk about communication um, and relationships, which a lot of people stink at. Uh, I've stunk at it. Mike has stunk at it. I at still kind of stink at it. I'm a better at it, but I'm, I'm still growing. Yeah, but a yeah. lot of people don't know how to communicate in relationships, um, which leads to them ending. And you never really want to put that mirror in your face and be like, damn. Maybe I could have communicated better and things would have gone a different way. Right. So we're going to drag ourselves and y'all um, when we discuss communication. But before we do that, please make sure that you are subscribed to Not So Newlywed Podcast. Um, head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe or Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast at. And make sure that you are subscribed to our Patreon starting at $5 a month and getting new content, new shows. Uh, Mike and I do the portal. We did a, uh, we did a Captain Marvel review and we did an in-game review that is out for free. So if you like the review that we did with Curtis and Jeremy for the in-game review and Curtis for the Captain Marvel review, um, you'll love what we do with, anime and manga and taking a deep dive into that so that's that i mean five dollars really just <laughs> you really can't you can't hardly buy a value meal you could do a four for four from wendy's but you probably go shit at even then it depends on where you live because that sales tax <laughs> <laughs> when you come over to this side of the country the sales tax gonna make your four for four 525 Listen, damn near now you, now you gotta look for a quarter in the car or Shoot. look like a lost puppy <laughs> until they be like, don't worry about it. You could just have, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> y'all get on my nerves when we all together. <laughs> but okay, so hey, let's get to the meat and potatoes because yeah. a little dragging gonna go on. But do y'all do a lot of people even know what communication is? No. Like they think it's <laughs> <laughs> they think it's just talking. They think it's just talking yeah. and yeah. and they don't understand that like how do, how you communicate in a manner can in a in a positive manner can help you reach a solution versus having a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not just talking, right? Communication according to a lot of psych journals and psychology journals have um they say that it's five types of communication and the first one like we said it is verbal and so saying it and meaning it right yeah uh non-verbal and interpersonal which is a lot of body language <laughs> and we're gonna get to that because your body language could really fuck you up when you try and get a point across or it can help you out yeah i got new york body language so basically so, uh, there's written communication which in 2019 I consider like texting mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that emails. I guess emails but you a, yeah. you a cold savage motherfucker to go off in an email to your spouse or your partner no me <laughs> See? I'm savages note. or you can write a note a uh, no! Oh I'm my God! You leave a note. I'm going ahead and following a restraining <laughs> order. Do not leave no note on no goddamn kitchen table. I am upset with you. We need to speak when I get home. Put it in your car by the windshield, like a ticket. Yep. 
<laughs> Taking one step further and have it just sitting in the driver's seat. <laughs> like, so you, you ain't got my key, so you can put this shit in my car. <laughs> right. Uh, then there's formal and informal. That's a lot of professional stuff. Like when you are, when you have an issue at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's a whole nother conversation. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother another episode we got in the works about how work life affects home life and mm-hmm. could take a toll on your relationship when you're not happy in one, or you're happy in one but your partner is not happy or not thriving, and how that could be a disaster. And then there's visual communication. Which imagine sending a meme to somebody like, "Listen, fuck you." Well, <laughs> no me. Visual communication. I tried to, I tried to sidestep it like I never did it, but I have sent you a meme before, like, "Ah, fuck you up." Yeah. And, and that's I might have to go back and look at the taxes. That was years ago. Oh. I've gotten better, especially <laughs> when I could just come home and get on your nerves. So, <laughs> but the most common communication issue in relationships tend to be verbal. And nonverbal, and <laughs> I don't, I don't know. With you, I'm a much better communicator. And when we go to, when we get into this next topic, I'm gonna have to be completely honest. I probably have fucked up a lot of relationships with my attitude and how I talk to people and my body language and my tone mm-hmm. when I'm trying to deliver a message. Which I mean. It was probably deserving though. A lot of times it was. <laughs> a lot of times it was, but in the in the end, I guess I wouldn't feel like if we had an issue, you would I want to convey it. I want to convey it better so that when I do walk away, it ain't no ain't nothing on my shoulders. Like, right, hey, right. I told you how I was feeling. I ain't call you out. I ain't cuss you out. I ain't call your mama no fat bitch. I didn't. I ain't talk about your friends being ugly. I ain't, I didn't. I didn't berate you or disrespect you. I told you how I felt. You didn't take heed to it, so I walked away, right, and that's just the right. end of the conversation. That's how I like feeling, and that basically leads us to it's what you say and how you say it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm having flashbacks, <laughs> but not in a bad way. Just in a way that I've been in relationships where. Woof, that's what I can say. And <laughs> Where, woof? yeah, just you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> like I can't believe I said no shit like that. Kind of shame. But words do matter. And as much as people like to act like they don't, they do have the measurable impact on others. And when you complete the picture, you have words, you have tone. And you have body language that typically work together to create worthwhile communication in a relationship or destructive communication in a relationship. And I read this article um, and it was called What You Say and How You Say It. And it was from a website called Break the Frame. Mm -hmm. And what's funny was this article was about acting, right? Okay. About how you how actors need to get the image that they're trying to paint across, but they centered in it that you, how you communicate plays a huge role in who you become as an actor or actress. And so not just, I can see that. Yeah. Not just saying the lines, but also having the body language to match, having the proper tone to match the scene that you're reading lines in or acting for. But I felt like it applied heavily to relationships as well. 
And it talked about a study uh, from Albert Moravian, and this was in the early 70s, and he did a lot of research on communication, and he created the 73855 rule, which says that communication is 7% words, 38% tone, and 55% body language, hmm. which is really interesting to me. Yeah, I, 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 I would always thought like tone would have been the highest. It is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm not really paying attention to like body language. I mean, you could move a certain way, but if I hear you say something a certain way, that could trigger me more than like what your arms and legs are doing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could be the difference in how men and women see it because. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sassy all the time, so you are probably used to me having my hands on my hips, you know, folding my arms, rolling my neck. But uh, when men's body language uh, is what it is, like if they have a problem, you take notice to men's body language because it will, especially with you, you are very laid back. So when you start to have like this uh, weird bravado. Yeah, it's kind of how like I joke. Yeah, yeah, SAT. <laughs> nigga been reading manga. <laughs> but remember, I joke with you how like every time we go somewhere crowded, you start you want to fight if somebody bump me, oh, and yeah. your body language yeah. gets real aggressive and like yeah, yeah, like all of that. So like I pay attention to your body language because I know when you're ready to go oh. because you get real yeah. like real hawkish <laughs> like we could be like we could be at the park if somebody bumped me he gonna be like man we gotta get the fuck out of here if i beat one of these niggas ass his like shoulders hunch up you get super upright and i'm just like oh shit let me get this big motherfucker out of here because i'm not bailing nobody out of jail that's mm -hmm. my shoe money <laughs> <That's my shoe. laughs> so that's why i feel like um that's why i kind of do feel like body language might be the leading factor. But also in the article, um, it said that over the years, uh, multiple researchers have said that tone should be weighted a lot heavier mm -hmm. than body language. So you and Curtis do have a point in that tone probably matters more to y'all than body language. Yeah. But I think it's goes back to the whole thing about not knowing how to communicate and i think part of it is not understanding how your partner communicates because for me i'm not gonna say i don't have any body language but a lot of times it's it's what i say and how i communicate is through my tone because it's intentional mm. and if you just go into it not understanding that about me you may start trying to pick up on things that it's like, I'm not some unconscious body language. Okay, sure. But for the most part, you know, if I do something with my arms, it's not an act of aggression because my aggression, if there is aggression, is in my tone. It's in my voice. Are you going to know what I'm saying from the way I'm saying it and from the words that I'm using? Now, am I cognizant of how far I go with the tone sometimes? No, but that's something that I've learned and I've worked on, but I think it's just a matter of knowing how your partner communicates because yeah. 
yeah. again, if if you're used to it's not what you're used to is again, it's what your partner presents. If you're used mm -hmm. to dealing with a woman and she a lot of her communication comes from body language, then you go to the next woman and she stands perfectly still. Her face don't move and it's all in her tone. You're going to be thrown off because you don't understand how to adapt. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Maybe yeah. that's it. Like the adaption in communication is really what's lacking. We don't know how to communicate from person to person because we feel like communication itself should be the same across the board. And it's just not like no one wants to be misunderstood, but they carelessly will misunderstand everyone else. You know what I mean? This I know that Curtis is my pod husband, because this was a point that I was going to make in this exact <laughs> topic was that people do not know how to communicate amongst their different relationships. They don't yeah. know how to communicate with their partners. They suck at communicating with friends, family, work, you know, in, in between, like they just have never taken the time to <clears throat> know the people that they have these dealings with and they don't know how to communicate with them. Yeah. And that, that's another thing. Like I, um, I used to work, you know, I worked at the airport. Yeah. And so I was dealing with a lot of different people every day. And <clears throat> one of the things that that kind of taught me is you got to learn how to speak to everybody differently. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. not, not everybody receives the same way and not everybody understands the same way. Yeah. So like I would be explaining something to a person one way and if I get to the next person and I try to explain it to them that way, they don't understand it. Now I got to kind of regroup and, and figure out another way to get the message across. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that has a lot a, a lot to do. I think that's a huge part of with, it. Uh, with a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings as far as communication goes, especially in relationships when you're dealing with someone face to face on a daily basis. I feel like if you communicate with everybody that you deal with the same, you it's something wrong with you because <laughs> the way no because the way Curtis and I communicate is not the same way I communicate with Jeremy or Taylor or how I communicate with you, Mike, mm -hmm. is not the same way I communicate with your parents. Like there is these relationships are all different, mm -hmm. all valuable, <clears throat> but all completely different. So how we talk to each other, it, it should be different too. And how we, you know, just communicate in general. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm not a huge body person, body language person. Cause I'm sassy in general. Mm -hmm. Like I just stand with my hands on my hip. Cause the clock say five fifteen. <laughs> so like, again, like if you take that as something, you're going to get your feelings hurt because I'm just, that's just me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even with Curtis, I've never, well, I've been around Curtis in person a couple times and Curtis is, is not a body language person. He's very blunt. So whatever you need to take away from Curtis in terms of communication, he has said it to you. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to take his words. His body language not going to mean nothing because he's he has a, a mild mannered demeanor in terms of body language. He not like all oh, rah rah in your face talking with his hands. But you gonna hear it in his tone, mm -hmm. like when he's serious or when he's joking. Yeah, I, I um, I, I'm really laid back, so I don't think I have much body language majority of the time. There are times when, as Candace said, I guess when she gets bumped out or something. But uh, <laughs> I don't think I have much body language either. Um, I would say majority would come from my tone as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause your 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 New York, yeah, the Bronx comes out of you when you get mad. Yo, fuck out of here. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it starts sounding like a bodega boy. Get out of here. What is wrong? But I right, listen. This leads me to um, I know that I have a foul mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like super foul. Like you've heard it on Ratchet Ramblings, you've heard it on other other podcasts, you hear it on here from time to time. Um, I have a foul mouth, which I have a foul mouth in jest, and I can have a foul mouth in anger. And I've had to work on that in this relationship because like it's been like in some of our earlier days where you'd be like, yo, you not even finna talk to me like that. You you're not finna be like on oh, some oh what the fuck fuck you this that and the third like Mike has been like yeah I'm not about to stand for any of that because I don't talk to you like that when I'm upset which is true so I've had to um, again like Curtis said adjust the way I communicate mm-hmm. um, because I don't have a partner that communicates that way so it is not fair for me to motherfuck you from the to the sun and back if we get into an argument or if we upset with each other. Um, and Lord knows I love nothing more than a good go fuck yourself. Um, but I've had to, I've had to save that for, you know, people in the street maybe, or something like that on Twitter or whatever. Um, but I don't, I don't have, I'm not a, not a, I'm not allowed. I choose not to behave like that because I know that it would create bigger issues like I know if we once you open that door, it's hard to close it. Mm-hmm. So when you like, I don't like when you talk like that, like one of our first arguments, I do my best not to talk like talk to you in that manner. Um I think it's important to highlight the personal responsibility of adjusting your manner of communication, especially when someone tells you this the way you speak or the the words that you choose to use are harmful to me or you know your your message gets lost in that because that was something that i had to learn not during my last relationship but after when i really analyze like yeah i don't have a lot of body language and i have a foul mouth like i i like candace said if you listen to ratchet Ram, i mean honestly if you listen to anything that i'm on i'm liable to say anything because i just say whatever <laughs> I, I think but in interpersonal communication, I typically don't go very foul because I'm more so trying to get my point across. I try to cut down on the back and forth because I will get bored very quickly with an yeah. argument. Or once I feel like I've won, then I kind of dis- disengage. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like once you're not making any sense and you keep saying the same thing over and I'm like, okay, well, this is not going anywhere. But I had to learn to be accountable for how I say things. And it wasn't until this relationship that I really became cognizant of my tone and how a certain phrase paired with the dry tone that I usually have can really come across as a fuck you versus me. I'm thinking, okay, I'm being monotone. I'm not being excitable. And I'm saying exactly what I think you will receive not realizing it's like okay if i heard that i would be like okay cool but not everyone operates that same way and it was something that i had learned as far as friendships and a a good example of that is my friendship with brie like i had to totally change how i communicate because she's 
different than a lot of my friends. Like she's she's a little bit more emotional. And so my dry approach to a lot of things was falling on deaf ears. It wasn't until I learned to say what I wanted to say, but say it in a way that I knew she would receive it, that our friendship really started to grow. And mm -hmm. I just hadn't had that opportunity, I guess, in a relationship until the last relationship I was in. Mind you, that was 84 years ago. But <laughs> it was still something that I deemed important enough that this is going on my my to do list of things that I'm working on myself. Like, I don't want to come across as I don't care about your feelings. I'm just saying whatever I'm saying to be saying it. It was more so. I need to learn how to communicate in a way that is effective for both parties. Yeah, that's what that's actually what a lot of what. Uh, me and Candace's relationship has actually taught me because I'm really nonchalant. Like I don't, I'm not excitable. Um, <laughs> and I, and I don't speak a lot e either like about <laughs> feelings or anything like that. So my lack of communication mm -hmm. is what has hindered my growth. Uh, like just relationship wise anyway, uh, until uh, me and Candace got together and we started to, um, kind of work on that together. She was like, listen, that's not, I, I can't deal with this nonchalant shit. Like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because I'm not and like, and it just keeps going back to what Curtis said about every person is different the way you communicate with them because in general, I'm not emotional. Mm -hmm. In my relationship, in our marriage, I am emotional and knowing how you feel or what you're thinking matters a great deal to me. And I've never had this issue with Curtis because we're similar, but also Curtis um, is really good at saying what he feels in a way that you are not offended or take it, you know, the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when Curtis is with like with network stuff or with, you know, um, Curtis is really good at positive reinforcement. So he'd be like, oh, yeah, you did your thing with this. You did your thing with that. That was a good episode. And so I've I've also like taking some of that from him, which is why I call him the big boss, because when an episode of Ratchet Ramblings is absolutely hilarious and Curtis and Jeremy showed out, I say it. Or, you know, when I listen to gay side stories, when I listen to Mama Meets World mm -hmm. and stuff like that, I be, I'm sure to give positive encouragement because a lot of times people typically want to communicate when they're unhappy. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've gotten from Curtis is to communicate when I'm really pleased with something regarding the network. Yeah, that was another thing that, that a lot of this has taught me, like just us being together, we had to adjust from being friends first. Yeah. And then to being in a relationship because the way we communicated before uh, we were in a relationship or married was, I think, to me anyway, much different. Yeah, it is, it was. So that, I mean, after making that adjustment, then it was like, okay, like, I I need to kind of let you know what I'm feeling. And as weird as it sounds, it just feels weird to just, like, be explaining your emotions just because I've never really had to do it. I'm an only child. Um, you know, me and my father are close. Me and my mother, not really close, because, like I said, we used to bump heads a lot. But um, so I never really had anyone that I could just talk to or go and talk to when I was younger. So, and I just kind of carried over into my adult life. Um, 
and that lack of communication, like I said, just kind of hindered my growth until then. So I, I can see how or why a lot of people are not so great with communication. One is complicated. I mean, it's not it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where you just really need that opportunity to grow in communication. I think another big part of that is people don't like to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to receive bad communication because you know they'll they'll feel uncomfortable. It, it leads to an uncomfortable conversation. But then on the flip side, you pair that with not being cognizant or accountable for you being the bad communicator and you saying things that are out of pocket and you being disrespectful and things of that nature while you're supposed to be communicating with someone. It's like at some point you got to break that cycle. Like you can't be, you can't want uh, flowers and sunshines communicated towards you while you communicate and fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, that was a lesson that I had to learn. Like not that I've ever wanted people to communicate with me in a certain way, be cognizant of my feelings, coddle my feelings or anything like that. But at the same time, I was just like, look, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And it is what it is. And let the chips fall where they may. And now over the years, I've gotten older. My friendships have gotten more complex. It's it's more difficult the older you get to maintain relationships, friendships, mm-hmm. because people start hitting that stride where, you you know, you start building your your inner circle of life. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of my heterosexual friends, they get married, having children, these major life changes. So learning how to communicate and how that changes through life's challenges, I think is something else that's important to remember. Like, it's okay to have to learn how to communicate when something in your life or, you know, your your relationship with someone else changes dramatically. You know, like, yeah, we case in point, even with Brie, like my communication with Brie changed a lot after she had Jameson because there were so many things that changed. She went from having one child to two. She asked me to be the the godfather. You know, our friendship, we were a lot closer at that point, too. So it was like a lot of changes and that communication changes with it. And I think it's important when you learn those lessons to learn how to apply them to different areas of your life you know what i mean so i can say i I took that and now i know if i'm in a relationship with someone and and we have these major life changes i feel like i'm a little bit more adept at being able to modify how i communicate to fit the changes in life yeah i think it's it's like it's that thing was like any any time where you've been stagnant in life for too long you're gonna have issues and that includes communication like if the way you communicate is not evolving the older you get, like even if you're just getting better at it and maybe not necessarily changing how you do it, if you're not having some type of growth, then like Candace said earlier, there might be something wrong with you, beloved. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't imagine communicating the same way now at almost 35 that I did when I was 25. Oh, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd be out here probably getting shot. <laughs> yeah, I'd be dead by now. Yeah, I'd be, I would I'd not be, be here. Throughout here. I mean, yeah, because you bring up Bri, and that's a good point because I've I had to learn how to communicate with Taylor. And you know, Taylor's that's one of my great friends too. It's like my that's my baby as well. But she is hey Tay, love you. Hey Nami. Um, Taylor is super emotional when she's upset, mm. right? She just oh flying off the handle and i had to learn how to communicate because i'd be like what the fuck <laughs> and then i'd be like you know okay put yourself in her shoes when she's explaining to you would you be as upset as she is if you were in her shoes and if the answer is yes then i'd be like you know i understand you upset but i think like if you calm down you know, we could talk through this better and not even like she and I don't go through stuff personally, but like stuff that might go on in her life. And she um, trusts me enough to confide in me. Like, I don't want to just be like, "Uh uh-huh, that's right, girl. Uh Uh-huh. I know that's right. Like, I want to have valuable communication and Mm -hmm. help her to feel better about a situation that might have her fucked up at the moment. But you have to you know, be willing to look at it from a point of view other than your own. Cause if you're not in a situation, you'd be like, girl, you need to calm the fuck down. But then don't nobody want to hear no shit like that when they mad as fuck. Right. Like people want to know that you actually listening to what they are saying to you. And so you got to be like, yeah, if that was me, I would feel how you feel as well. Or if I would not be like, you know, I I'm looking at it from your point of view and I don't see it like that. And I don't, I'm, I wouldn't be as upset. And maybe the person be like, you know what? Maybe I am overreacting a little bit, but you got to fine tune that communication. Yeah. That, that actually kind of brings us into the next topic. Yeah. But yeah. But before we do that, let's take a break. We've been talking for nonstop. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking for nonstop. So we're gonna take a break and we will get to the last part of this conversation after the break. Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit flawlessnoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at flawless noises on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com slash store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com slash FlawlessNoises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, coworkers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And welcome back. We are ready to round out this discussion. And a part of that will be, I know a lot of people, I know some of y'all thought y'all was getting away scot-free, but uh, (laughs) no, no, we have some for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about how you receive communication from your partner and how you respond to it, because this is where a lot of people fail really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Like your partner will come to you communicating his or her wants, needs, feelings, problems, an idea, whatever, and how you are receiving it and how you are responding can be life and death for a relationship. And so I, of course, again, we did some more digging and 
I found uh, multiple websites, but a lot of uh, how somebody receives information and response is broken up into two climates. There's a defensive climate and there's a supportive climate. And a lot of people handle their partner's uh, communicated needs and feelings defensively. And what defensive climates are is, so it's something called evaluation. And this is where the language um, is judgmental and accusatory. Mm. Well, if you're not happy, why are you here? Mm. Or maybe you the one doing something if you accusing me of something. Like right. that type of language. And then there's the control aspect. Somebody trying to manipulate your feelings. Well, babe, maybe if you didn't do that, I wouldn't have done this. And we wouldn't be upset. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if ABC, I wouldn't have done ABC. Um, then there's the superiority climate, which is um, somebody thinking that they have greater intellectual ability over their partner so they could, you know, outsmart them in their, in a, in a, not necessarily an argument, but in a discussion where one partner is feeling a certain way. And there's neutrality. So lack of concern and nonchalance, which. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, you wildin'. It ain't even that deep. What you mad for? I oh, wouldn't nice. be mad if it was me. You know, like, that. that's kind of, you know, that stuff. Um, certainty. Unwillingness to compromise. So even if your partner say, well, maybe we can do ABC, you know, to, to help the situation, to help me feel better, help you feel better. And they're yeah. like, no, I'm not changing. I didn't do anything wrong. You the one with the problem. You change. You leave. If you don't like me, who how I am or who I am, you leave. Take me as I am. Yeah. And then lastly, stri- like strategy, which is hidden motives and deceit, um, which, you know, lying to somebody, okay, I'll change, even though you have absolutely no plans to change. Uh, and it's kind of stuff like that. And so I have been in a lot of relationships with men who operate in a defensive climate. Mm. And it's kind of, I wish I had been smart enough to to Google shit like this back when I was younger, because I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. Because mm. I would have I would have known what to look for. Because that is how a lot of straight men operate when women come to them with problems in a relationship or ideas for improving something, they go on the defense and they try to make you feel like you the one with the problem. They don't have a problem. Everything good for them. So if you have a problem, you must be the problem that you're speaking of. Mm. And so that's I'm, kind of annoying. Right. So I'm curious on y'all's thoughts on one thing. Cause when I was reading through this list, the, something that popped into my head that I, and I'm not sure where it fits is projection Mm. because in communication and, and this is from personal experience, but also a lot of observation, a lot of people have an issue in communication and they communicate defensively because they're projecting so many things. And it honestly could fit a number of these, like, they're projecting onto someone else that superiority like you feel like you're smarter than me and that's why you talking to me this kind of way when the person is really just like it's abc so and because it's abc then in response to that it needs to be xyz 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, well, then you must think that you're smarter than me because you know your motherfucking ABCs. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> how do we do <laughs> 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 You know, even with like certainty or with the strategy, like I can just see a lot of places where projection is such a huge issue in communication because mm -hmm. a lot of times people want it to be more than what it really is. Yeah. I, I think that I think projection more stems from like past experiences and insecurities, me. which yeah, is yeah. to me a defensive form of communicating too. Yeah. And mm. so that's I think that's kind of why I can really fit any of these defensive climates. Yeah, it's yeah, it can. It's, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where okay, I've been through this before and I'm not going through it again, and I feel like this person is doing some of the same stuff even if they really are even if they're really not yeah yeah so yeah you, you kind of see things with a different lens yeah so i think I, I wouldn't necessarily say projection was a climate but it's one of those things i think I, it, I guess, it could go back into the how you how you say it or how you okay. yeah, yeah yeah like i i definitely think if if i had the the knowledge to come up with my own model the education that there should be a, a defensive and supportive climate for communicating to your partner mm -hmm. when something, when you feel a way or if something's bothering you or if you have an idea or something like that. Uh, because people's insecurities um, can kick in like real strong when they're trying to deliver something to you. And, and, you and when you don't, and then when you don't, when you like are like okay yeah you definitely projected on me because i don't feel like that i right. don't think that and then they like oh you don't see you don't even give a fuck you just trying to blame me and it's like i mean i care but i didn't say any of this mm -hmm. i didn't do any of this it's your perception is your is a, your responsibility the same way my reception of what you're saying is it's, it's also that thing too it's like when when you project, you almost like are accusing that person already of doing that. Yeah, so which I can, goes I back to it, I can I can kind of see it maybe being a defensive climate was part of a, a defensive climate. climate. Yeah, yeah, I think they. I think evaluation is. I'm gonna contact the psychologist. More. Like add this in. We came <laughs> up on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that I was curious about where it kind of fits, and I'm thinking maybe strategy is a repetitive communicative climate mm. in which case it's like someone is you're having the same conversation over and over because they're waiting for you to change your position or they're trying to persuade you or anything along those lines so you keep having the same conversation even though you've communicated to death about how you <laughs> feel on it because they're still wait they want you to convert to their side as, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, kind of. That feels more like strategy to me. Yeah, I I agree with that. I definitely agree that sometimes the way people communicate is communicate their needs or their wants or their problems or whatever the case may be. It can be very defensive. Like sometimes you have to be willing to accept that the person you're communicating to is not going to compromise on how they feel on the situation and you trying to manipulate them or, you know, like you said, beat them over the head constantly. I feel like that is a defensive communication climate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, very manipulative. Yeah. You know. That's yeah. another thing. It, it it almost feels like um the control and the strategy is uh, they kind of like almost the, one, one and the same, same to me. Yeah. Kind of. Because if you have a strategy or if you're lying or you have you're trying to moments, control the situation. Control, you're trying to manipulate the situation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And like I said, that's been a lot of my relationships. And now that Curtis has brought it up, um, I also may have communicated defensively on how I was feeling, you know, constantly the same situation, same argument mm -hmm. over and over, even though I've not seen any change or willingness to compromise. So what am I doing? Why am I doing this when I know that no change is going to come from it? Yeah. I yeah. think something else to be cognizant of, and I don't know if it's a complete climate in communication or if it falls under one of these that have already been established, but not communicate like choosing actively not communicating Ooh. whether you are doing it the, the quote-unquote silent treatment or if you were doing what i know myself to have done in past relationships whereas like i'm not gonna say xyz because you should know yeah you know what i mean like you as a whatever your old able-bodied motherfucker <laughs> You should know X, Y, Z. I shouldn't have to tell you this. And so I'm not going to say anything. And to me, at the time, it makes sense. But hindsight being 2015, I'm looking at it like that's ridiculous. Like whether I feel like they should know or not, if I don't open my mouth and say anything, then I can't get mad that I'm not getting what I feel like I should be getting in this situation. If I'm not the one that is communicating, I can't expect action without it mm -hmm. yeah i think that could fall under the neutrality line i could see that maybe in there just with the oh yeah it says lack of concern and nonchalant but it i i think it really what it really should say is lack of communication or lack of you know, willingness to communicate, communicate. yeah yeah I, because yeah. you don't have to be nonchalant like you don't have to be uh you don't have to show a lack of concern like that's you know that's a choice yeah yeah, absolutely. That is me at times as well. Yeah. In the past, like, okay, yeah. I'm about, I'm not about to argue with you. Let me be petty and just block you. So, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like, yeah. okay, you block yeah. till you get your attitude together, and things like that. And like Curtis said, like it, hindsight, it didn't help the situation at all. Mm -hmm. Just kind of made it worse. But still, it was a defensive. Yeah mechanism yeah. and but that brings out the another point like sometimes people can they come to you to communicate with the best intentions just wanting to be heard and when their partner shuts them down with a defensive mechanism they resort to defensive mechanisms themselves right yeah. which is why it kind of is critical that when somebody comes to you and they're saying hey i feel this way this made me feel that way. I didn't like this. That you really try to listen because once you open that Pandora's box of poor communication, it really doesn't stop. Because if somebody is coming to you with genuine concerns or feeling a genuine and it's genuine and they're not really trying to 
harm or hurt or disrespect you, but really just say what they're feeling and you shut them down, you kind of, you give them the key to start being a shithead in how they communicate. Yeah, it's like, why even bother? They don't listen to me anyway. To me, I feel like that's how what leads a lot of women to nagging. Mm. Like they go to the man and be like, you know, ABC and the man be like, man, whatever, man. And now she like, okay, well, I'm gonna just nag the fuck out of you. But <laughs> knowing this outline about communication climates, I feel like nagging is a defensive communication technique. It's, it falls back to what Curtis said. Yeah. Re, re, yeah. So yeah, I, I could definitely see yeah. that as, as a climate. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it's coming full circle. You see that? Oh my God, we can. <laughs> I told you it was. I, listen, I said that it would be a, it would be some self, a little bit of self dragging, uh, and dragging our listeners because as hopefully as y'all are listening to this, y'all realize that y'all do some of these things. Yeah, yeah. And it it want it pushes you to reconsider how you communicate with the people that you deem important in your life, so yeah. that you don't push them away from you. Or it, it forces you to see that people that in your life that you've been communicating with aren't communicating positively with you. And you'd be like, all right, you could go. Yep. It's not healthy. I'm not going to play with you. You're not going to play in my face. Yeah. So I think another important thing since we're on this journey, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier in your, when you were talking about your friendship with Tay, I think a lot of us need to get to a point and I don't know how exactly you do it outside of listening when someone tells you how we can start to communicate defensively when we get emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so your emotion is not landing where you expect it to land because your communication in the midst of it is defensive. And so that is going to automatically cause most people to respond defensively yeah you know what i mean so if you get emotional and then you you know you start just <clears throat> you have a lot of certainty you know using that for an example you don't want to compromise you don't want to hear what the other person is saying well how is the other person supposed to be able to communicate with you effectively if you are so sure of what you're saying that you're not willing to listen to them in return so now you're in this loop of poor communication because you, your your emotions are so out of I won't say out of control but they're so elevated mm -hmm. and yeah. you, you know then you it makes you wonder okay why is it when I was trying to talk to you about this thing we couldn't get anywhere but any other time we communicate fine and that's that thing where you look at it, it's like okay well did your method of communication change when you started trying to communicate with me about this certain thing yeah and then you can start yeah. looking at it. Were you defensive? Were you, you know, just being bad shit? Like, what was the issue and why mm -hmm. our normal communication fell off with this particular topic? Yeah, that's definitely true. As your emotions rise, you can start to lose your point. Like, you you basically arguing about something else now. Right. Yeah. You're not even arguing what the issue is that was initially brought up at that point. Um. There, there's a lot of a lot of uh, defensive uh, climates that I can definitely say that I've been through uh, with a lot of uh, past relationships. Definitely, I would say certainty is definitely one. Mm. On um, your end or theirs? On 
I would say both ends because mm-hmm. I, I could be pretty stubborn. So I'm not going to, um, I'm not just going to shit on them like that. I'm going to say both ends. Yeah. Um, neutrality for you. New, yeah. Neutrality for me, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really controlling or manipulative. So, no. um, I walk in my truth. I know that I can be manipulative when I walk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try not to do it, but <laughs> I, I, mean, I definitely say, identify I, sometimes where I was like, yeah, you know, I, I know exactly what to say to get us from A to, to G. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say I've never done nothing um, manipulative, but I mean, for the most part, I'm not. Um, it's not your default. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could be. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess I could be a little judgmental. Uh, I, <laughs> I. So my default would definitely be wow. No nope. <laughs> evaluation <laughs> and superiority. Okay. Uh, I could be very, very condescending. Um, that's <laughs> your normal tone. Wow. Ooh. Spicy. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I can I can be I can be condescending. Um which also gives way to the nonchalant part because when you're condescending, you it tends to be nonchalant towards mm-hmm. people that you feel um you don't have to take what they say into consideration. So in the past that has been my my go-to is the superiority aspect of a defensive climate. You probably was better than them niggas, though, if we're being honest. Gas me up. Get you some tonight. <laughs> it's still <laughs> not, nah, it's still, but nah, even nah, nah. even if I was, you know, better than them, better than what they were giving me, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's kind of not a good thing to no, 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 make cool people feel like I'm they are joking. beneath you. And so I've worked. Uh, I've worked supremely hard on that, you know, in all relationships, you know, I don't, we don't always get along with everybody in our lives, even if we love them dearly. Um, but I don't never want them to feel like I question or think that I am, I am better than them mm-hmm. or I can talk to them any way I want to just because we don't see eye to eye. So right, I definitely have gotten a lot better with that. And that leads us to supportive climates because I feel like where we all are, both Curtis is my friend. Curtis is like family. I don't even consider him like a friend. As a family, you as my husband are in our friendships. Um, we are in a good supportive climate with how we communicate, mm-hmm. which makes me happy um, on the business aspect with Curtis and I because it could be a disaster to do business with a friend. Mm. Um, this network is a business, uh, it costs money. So therefore it's a business and we try to make money. So therefore it is a business. Um, in terms of that supportive climates say that there's descriptions. So genuine desire to understand. So, Hey, I want to understand why you're upset, you know, break it down for me so Mm -hmm. I can understand where you're coming from there's problem orientation open to finding a solution equality respect and politeness for everyone um 
respect is there. I don't know how polite I am sometimes, but respect, <laughs> respect is there. Empathy, worthy of affection, provisionalism, willingness to investigate, okay, and spontaneity, straightforwardness, and directness. I like uh, I like problem orientation. <clears throat> Open to finding a solution. Yeah, my, like how do we fix this? Like I don't. I'm I'm not really big on arguing, talking about the the issue for too long. Like I'm I I, I get annoyed, <laughs> and I want to like what do you, so what do we do? Like let's 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 move this along. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and sure, I don't say it like that, but no, you know what yeah. I mean. I'm more I'm empathetic, which is funny considering you know how I can be, but um I want to understand what's going on with you. Well, not even understand if you tell me something is going on with you, I want to let you know that I understand, I'm here for you, and however I can help you find a solution to the problem, I, I want to help you do that. Mm -hmm. Even without necessarily always knowing the problem. Because sometimes you just need pe want people to know, okay, I'm not in the best headspace right now. I just, just need a minute or so to myself to figure shit out. And it to me, when I've been on the, in those shoes, it's meant a lot for people to say, you know, if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. You know, you're not alone. And this, that, and the third. So right. empathy is one of my my strong points in terms of supportive climates. Mm. Go ahead on with your bad self. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Curtis? What do you think um, your, your go-to here would be for the supportive climates? Uh, definitely problem orientation. Okay. I think it to to a fault, depending <laughs> on. Who it is that I'm I'm communicating with. That's why I, said I had to learn to shift with Bree because I'm usually solution oriented. So if you come to me and we start talking about like an issue, then I'm mm -hmm. thinking, okay, how can we solve this issue? When sometimes people just want to be heard. Right. So I had to learn to to not default to let's just figure it out and let that person have an opportunity to actually vent. And get some of that off of them so that they can calm down and then they can that's meet that's me over here on the island of trying to figure it out you know what i mean yeah. but i think that's probably the the mo the rest of these i mean i mean i don't know it depends how much you annoyed me <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd be so empathetic if you being annoying when you're trying to tell me something like i might be like look you don't spit that shit out <laughs> Stop beating around the bush. Um, I can see the straightforwardness and directness, maybe. That's listen, because everything else is. I just feel like we could be doing so many other things. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just get right to it. What is the issue? And let's you know move on. Like, I mean, part of that is, to, is from experience too. Like, I've spent a long time going back and forth with someone issue, you know, figuring shit out because neither one of us were being as direct as we could have been. And now mm -hmm. it's, you know, to the point was it's almost, I won't say it's a deal breaker if you can't handle it, but it's not going to be easy with me because I, 
I just I feel like once we start paying attention to too many other things and not saying exactly what we feel, then that's when we get into that murky territory. You know what I mean? So even if it takes some time, if we have to let it marinate for a little while, I prefer when we come to the table to communicate about anything, whether it's good, bad, that we just let's be direct. Let's mm -hmm. say exactly what's on our heart. Say exactly what's on your mind. Obviously, while being respectful and and yeah, I feel like I feel like if you are open to finding a solution, the rest of these the rest of these items will fall into line as well. Yeah. Because if I wasn't open to a solution, I wouldn't respect your opinion. I wouldn't be empathetic to why you feel that way. I wouldn't be willing to investigate a means to an end. So if I'm open to finding the solution, then let's get to the solution as well. Yeah. And I think. Part of that for me is just because that's how I operate in in like at work. They give you a problem, you find a solution, mm -hmm. you fix it, right? All of the 40 days and 40 nights rehashing why you feel the way you feel. And I like I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm not open to that. <laughs> Once we have the <laughs> Once we have the initial conversation about why something is bothering you or why you want something to change, um, I'm not going back to it. I'm yeah. not going back to it over and over again. Yeah. I said not, you said I'm, it. I'm not good with the and another thing that uh, yeah. yeah, get it all out the first time because after I say okay, how can we fix this? Um, that is not going to, anytime after that, you're not going to be able to just slide other shit in. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to keep, keep adding shit to your basket, baby. You well, checked since out. We're fixing this, let's, yeah, uh, no, we... you already checked out, baby. You got to go shopping again and see if, if the store open, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one of the, solutions to that. yeah, I'm, ain't no more solutions. You had one, you had one shot and I'm not, because to me that falls back on like somebody trying to be manipulative. Like, yeah, it's okay. I feel, it's, it feels like unhealthy communication. Like, and okay. at that point, it almost feels like, hey, stop nitpicking. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I think I another thing. He was upset. Like. <laughs> I think another thing that's important, and I'm not sure where it falls, is that is support in that. And this, again, I'm, I'm just pulling from personal experience. Like, I, I learned that even if I don't understand up front what someone is trying to communicate with me, I need to be reassuring. Yeah. And that, you know, what you feel, what you're saying is, is valid. And I understand that now, you know, let's, let's get you through the emotional part so that you can communicate with me in a way that I can understand what it is that you're trying to say. Because right. some forms of communication, I just cannot understand. Like I can't, I can't deal with hysterics and and yelling oh, all that. Like know. once yeah, someone yeah, starts yeah. that, I shut down immediately. And my first thought is, I need to get out of this situation because I don't want to get to a point where I'm emotional because then I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm so used to not letting myself be emotional mm -hmm. that I almost cringe at what would happen if I did if I operated under pure emotion. So once someone starts coming at me like that, I'm like. Eh, now it's time to exit stage left but <laughs> even in that you know i can look back and be proud to say i was open to trying to understand what it is that you were saying and i was trying to validate your feelings 
and whatever it is that you were trying to communicate with me, but you didn't want to hear that. While you yeah. were still communicating defensively, and I'm trying to move us into a more supportive area, but there's only so much you can do. But I, like I said, I just I think it's important to not rest your willingness to validate someone's feelings and how they communicate with you versus on not verse, but have that be contingent on whether or not you understand 100 percent what it is they're trying to say. Because a lot of people, if they are trying to say something, but they don't feel like you agree. Then that the, the communication just gets worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But if you're reassuring, at least they'll be like, hey, look, I get that there's an issue. I understand you're upset or whatever the case may be. Let's just calm it down several notches. And you know what I mean? In my experience, people appreciate that versus just tuning them out or walking away or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, too, when I'm trying to communicate something, I want to feel like the person respects my feelings and it's not just letting me talk until I get tired and then be like, all right, now shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I want to be heard, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I just, uh, like you said, I mean, it goes back to knowing how you communicate and how other people communicate, because, I, yeah, I can't deal with, like, the hysterics, the yelling, the screaming, the cussing, the fussing, yeah, and I'll be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's reconvene after you've gotten yourself together so we can get to the crux of it. The um, dramatics. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do the dramatics. And some people are dramatic, and that's yeah, fine, yeah, and but I don't have to engage that. No. Mm-hmm. We can engage after you've calmed down. We could talk about the problem. I could tell you if I'm open to figuring out a solution so we can move forward, and then we can get to how to get the solution. But a lot of the extra stuff and like you said, Curtis, the repetitiveness and the, and what about this and this, and I'm not doing all of that with you. Yeah. Pick the big problem. Cause if we fix the big problem, it'll likely fix certain little problems. Mm-hmm. So what's the big problem? Keep the little shit going and going and eat that. You got to have to eat that. Okay. You don't like when I leave my socks on the floor. Okay. You now, do you want me to pick my socks up or you do you want me to keep cussing you the fuck out? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've ended relationships, platonic and otherwise, for less. <laughs> yeah, and like, that's and I don't that's have the, a lot of patience for that type of stuff. Like, even I, if you're being hysteric, and I'm like, okay, I'm giving you several opportunities to reel it in, but if you continue at that level and especially if you start getting disrespectful yeah i'm not, not going to play with you i'm not going to be open to anything at that point yeah I, I feel like if you <clears throat> don't have enough respect for me to be respectful when you communicate even when i ask you to then there's not really much to talk about because i'm petty you know, I'm a work in progress, but I am petty because I listen. Once I feel disrespected, we can go tit for tat. Yeah. And knowing that about myself, I don't I try not to even let myself get in those positions because that's it's, it, it's not productive. I understand mm-hmm. that. Why I don't do it. But I know enough about myself to know that. Hell, yeah. You <laughs> start getting disrespectful. It's about to be a deaf comedy jam up I'm in this. Open the door. 
Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to let us get there because I don't want to have to get there. Then I'm going to lie. When I'm being funny, I say wild stuff. So you can just imagine what I would say if I was upset. Mm -hmm. So and I don't want to have to be fighting at my big age. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, what I'm saying I've never been to jail. I would prefer not to ever go. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. So there's knowing your 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 deal breakers like repeated disrespect even in one conversation is pretty much a deal breaker for me mm-hmm. even if because yeah. if I, I may allow like okay i understand you're upset i understand i may have said something that was out of line or, or i did something that was out of line but if i'm like please calm down and let's communicate this in a rational way and even if you still hysterical i mean i'm i'm gonna be less willing to engage but i will but hysterics on top of disrespect no 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 yeah and there's a fine line between being emotional and just being disrespectful because i feel like a lot of people have that mentality of you know when i'm upset or when we are in the middle of an argument you know all bets are off and nothing is off limits to which i not with me that's a dangerous game to play and i think um like what's good about this conversation is that you you need both people to be good communicators Right. Like, yeah, you can't I, I can't communicate with you if you're being a poor communicator. Like we can't we can't hash anything out. We can't find a solution. We can't get to the end of the road if we're both not working together. Um, there we're should, though, also we're not going to get to the end of the nice road anyway. <laughs> no, no. Might get to the end of the road. <laughs> but I do think there should be something. And I, I know we we haven't touched on it yet but there should be something that there that can be done for poor communicators getting them from around you is the, yeah. the only solution I say, I see. It's... there's there's a lot of things that you can't get any traction on if the person doesn't have any self-awareness or is at least willing to be told about themselves because that's where you get into that that issue with a lot of people is like they don't they don't want to hear the truth. They feel like, you know, my my truth is the universal truth. And it don't matter how many people are like, no, nah, that ain't it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not about to. Uh, like you said, being where we are in our current ages, I can't imagine putting up with anybody in any aspect of my life that's a poor communicator. Uh, I'm just, I'm just not like, come on, mid thirties, trucking to 40. I'm not finna sit up here and listen to you cry and scream and get disrespectful. I got other shit I could be doing. I could be sleeping. I could be taking a nap. I could be eating a sandwich. I could, I could be doing anything in the world, but communicating poorly with you. So you're not finna reel me into that. I'm not finna play the game with you on that level. Yeah, because like you said, Curtis, once you take it there, I'm the one to take it there because mm-hmm. I am a work in progress. So, uh, and I'm just as a whole. The only reason why I really po- uh, like posed that question is because, like I said, we didn't really have much information in there. Yeah, you know about that for for this episode. But I mean, that just as a whole. So, this communication is just like one of those self. Um. I guess self-proposed things like where you have, you have to go in and fix it yourself. Uh, yeah, you definitely have to be uh, aware and intentional of how you communicate and how, 
communication. Yeah. It has to be, you have to take some responsibility for that part of it as well. And really look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know, okay, this shit went to shit. What could I have done, if anything, better mm-hmm. to make the communication smoother? And for some people, you it, it'll take being, yeah, I could have not called them a bitch. <laughs> or I could have not, like Curtis said, I could have not been hysterical and doing the most. Mm-hmm. I could have tempered myself before I went to have the conversation. Right. Um, but if a lot of people are not willing to do that, they don't like being held accountable for their behavior. Um, yeah, self-evaluation is really one of those things that is, is important. Um, if you're trying to be a good communicator, you have to be able to to go back and look at what you did or what you said and be able to say, you know, with confidence, Hey, yeah, I, I should have. I should have maybe not done that. Or, I mean, there was a better way I probably could have said that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think what we're talking about right now, we didn't really put a word to it, but I think it is important is your boundaries in communication. Yeah. You know, whether it's defensive, supportive, whatever the case may be, like those boundaries are very important because they can lead, they can stop you rather from going and some really disappointing and abusive directions if you have those boundaries like me like i said candace and i both uh just said it i'm not doing the hysterics i'm more so the hysterics i'm not doing the disrespect because i that's my boundary because i know Mm -hmm. once i cross the line of being disrespectful in return we're gonna end up in a bad place you know what I mean? So that's a hard stop for me. That's one of my key boundaries. Not really being open to the repetitive manipulation is another one of my hard boundaries in communication. You know, one or two times we talk about something, get all your feelings out, like Candace said. But if we keep going back to it, you trying to sway me on something, I'm I'm going to have to shut that down. Mm hmm. So I think it's important to also when you start doing the work of how am I communicating? How can I be more proficient at it? It's important to not forget your boundaries. Like being open to communication is great, but not to the point, like I said, you're getting into abusive places. You're getting being disrespected for the sake of saying I'm communicating with this person. No, that's not going to be me, baby. I, I, I am unable and not only just just knowing those boundaries but voice those boundaries too voicing them and enforcing them yeah let let the let your partner know that this is hey i i can't communicate like that we got to do it a different way yeah so yeah i agree well we don't got to do it no way you could get the fuck from around me (laughs) also that in as well never (laughs) the power of get the fuck out of (laughs) here yeah still very relevant (laughs) is <laughs> this is a good conversation yeah 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 before we go curtis tell tell everybody where to find you and on the corner the light bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's enough. laughs> no you can find me on my personal pages uh trillificent on all social media and you can find me behind the all of the flawless noises pages. I'm usually the one posting or 
having a scheduled post go out. So <clears throat> anything on any other shows on the network, I am somewhere involved. So y'all know where to find me. Yep. Don't forget to go check out the Gay Side Stories, where gay shit goes. And uh, don't forget, oh. London is up. <laughs> she want her, she want her daddy. <laughs> um, and again, don't forget to go to the subscribe to the Patreon, please, mm-hmm. or purchase some merchandise. Um, I am back. Hey, the not so newlywed merch is cute, so y'all need to get some of that. It is cute, and it's merch for not so newlyweds, gay side, uh, Ratchet Ramblings, Mama Meets World. I actually want a Mama Meets World t-shirt because yeah, I'm gonna get one myself. That look, that look, globe and world is real fucking cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So if you don't want to subscribe to the Patreon and be committed monthly you could purchase some merchandise you can make a one-time donation and you could do that through flawlessnoises.com or through anchor anchor allows you to make one-time donations as well yep um yeah what else am i missing what other network news am i missing that's really it we got plenty of content still rolling through Uh, a little bit slower this past week just from personal stuff i have going on but we rocking and we rolling and we have plans for this summer doing some things and we have another uh we have another what's a parental day episode that the network is going to collaborate and do oh yeah father's day is coming yeah father's day is coming up and so i am (sighs) Oh, you ain't getting shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up. But um, yeah, mashup episode for Father's Day is coming, and uh, oh, video content is coming. Yeah. So that's nice, where you get to know, uh, get to know your FNM host. Yeah, so that should be, be out good. sometime this week into the weekend. Or yeah. working on that. Yep. And so that's it. Uh, as usual, you can find me on all social media at Not So Newlywed PC. Um, I don't know. Mike doesn't really want to be found if it's not to talk about anime or manga. But if it is to talk about anime and manga, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, brilliant D U M underscore E. You gonna try to spell it out? I'm always dummy. Yeah, I gotta let them know. That's how you. Because they might write, they might write the full dumb, like, and then be looking stupid. It wouldn't be unjustified. <laughs> <laughs> that was for that little zinger earlier. Burn returns. <laughs> but um, that's burn, it for right? us. Um, Curtis, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. Thank you for allowing me to bogart my way onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely like, hey, let me be on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and so we will see you guys back in two weeks. And well, no, we'll see you back next week for an episode of The Portal if you're subscribed to the Patreon. And then we'll see you back in two weeks with another Not So Many Red episode. We out. Bye.